Good evening, everyone. Um, the Public Safety Commission meeting is now in order. We begin to acknowledge that the land on which we gather and that is currently known as the city of West Hollywood is the occupied, unceded, seized territory of the Gabrielino Tungva and Gabrielino Kritz people. And now for the Pledge of Allegiance, um, Commissioner Blau, you said you would lead us. If everyone could stand and please put their right hand over their heart, please. Also, um, a special note, everyone, Director Revis will not be with us this evening, but we are fortunate enough to have Code Safety Division Manager Vito Atamatis, who is going to pinch it for us. So we wish you great luck, Vito. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, may I please get a roll call, Commissioner Secretary? Commissioner Blau? Commissioner Ramian? Present. Commissioner Freiberg? Here. Commissioner Harrison? Here. Commissioner Nickel? Here. Chair Hallman? Here. We have a quorum. And also Vice Chair Salzman is not with us this evening. Um, approval of the agenda is item number four. Are there any changes to tonight's agenda for September 11, 2023? Um, do I have a motion to approve the agenda? Motion to approve. And a second? Aye. Great, thank you. Um, Commissioner Secretary, may I please get a roll call? Commissioner Blau? Aye. Commissioner Ramian? Present. Commissioner Freiberg? Commissioner Harrison? Aye. Commissioner Nickel? Aye. Chair Hallman? Aye. The agenda is approved. Thank you. Approval of the minutes is item number five. Are there any changes to the minutes from our meeting on July 10th, 2023. Commissioners? Mm -hmm. Do I have a motion to approve the minutes? Motion to approve. And a second? Second. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Secretary, may I get another roll call, please? Commissioner Blau? Aye. Commissioner Aranian? Aye. Commissioner Freiberg? Aye. Cur Commissioner Harrison? Aye. Commissioner Nickel? Aye. Chair Hallman? Aye. The minutes are approved. Great, thank you. Um, item number six, we are at public comments. Um, Commission Secretary, do we have any comments in chambers this evening? We don't appear to have any comments in chambers this evening. Uh, any comments online? And no comments on Zoom either. Oh, all right. Well, we'll move on maybe toward the end of the meeting, we'll get some more. Um, we are now at item 7A, which is unfinished business. Where is our fire chief? You are up, sir, to give us the reports for the months of July and August. Outstanding. Well, thank you. Um, it's good to be in West Hollywood. I uh, just wanted to say thank you for letting us be your protectors. 
We really enjoy that. Our working relationship with uh, the Sheriff's Department is outstanding. Uh, we have a lot of outstanding working relationships for the common goal of the public safety endeavor. And uh, we're proud to serve the city of West Hollywood. Your fire family is doing good. We've been busy, even though it's been somewhat um, unique type of weather this summer, but your firefighters have been busy um, in a lot of different capacities. Several of those are uh, supporting uh, the state of Hawaii and Maui with subject matter experts that went out there for uh, their time of need, and also uh, facilitating having resources go out to Northern California to combat their fires. So organizationally, uh, we support the nation with the amount of people that we have and subject matter expertise to support other fire agencies. Uh, so that's a very proud position for us to be in. As far as West Hollywood for July and August, I have combined those, so I did a little math. And so you're still averaging between 20 to 22 uh, runs a day in West Hollywood. So the activity is still there. And over the two months, we had a total of 30 fires. Uh, we had 946 EMS runs. 237 of those required advanced life support and 457 required basic life support. We had eight hazardous materials calls, five hazardous condition calls, 24 uh, service calls, and 327 good intent calls. And I do notice that the good intent calls have gone up, which I support, and I'll tell you the why. The why is, is because somebody noticed something that needed our attention. And our job is to go and um, identify if there's a need to um, de-escalate and or um, stabilize something that somebody has a concern on. So the good intent calls that we find that possibly there's nothing there, there very well could have been something there and that's why we're called. And so I'm highly appreciative of that. With the hazardous condition calls, they were fuel spills and gas leaks, and those are relatively routine. We had a total of two structure fires, um, and the rest were rubbish fires and vehicle fires. So I didn't see anything that was uh, really stood out to me for the last uh, two months in, uh, of July and August. It was um, relatively normal, if you could say, for the city of West Hollywood on our call volume and the, um, the emergency incidents that we went to. Things that we're looking ahead towards is we've really um, are doing a great job once again with our partners, and that's with LAPD, the Sheriff's Department, LA City Fire Department, Beverly Hills. We do a lot of joint training together for the emergency preparedness component for the all risk. So this last um, two or month and a half, we've been really focused on uh, multi-casualty and also on the wildland fire component. Common operating platform, who's gonna run the incident, assisting agencies, how do we order resources on that uh, cooperation that we have. And we're fortunate here in West Hollywood, once again with our partnership with the Sheriff's Department, because there is a uh, high volume of um, people in the town that come and visit and live. So for us to exercise that 
emergency response component is well, well exercised because we came out of, we had LA Marathon and then we had Pride, now we're gonna trend towards Halloween and how that's gonna look. So those conversations are already going on with how uh, we are going to look at how Halloween's gonna be so we can have uh, people that can enjoy, but we wanna make sure that we have the best public safety component in place. And that's all I have, is there any questions for me? Um, yeah, I think we all have questions. And just a reminder, um, commissioners, two things that, you know, we had unanimously agreed that we would try to stay within four minutes with our questions. Obviously, if you need more time, the chair will allot more time. And also was brought to my attention, if everyone can just get closer to their microphones, because it's especially hard for people that are watching on Zoom to hear. Um, I just have one question I'll start with. Um, how are we looking with COVID-related um, calls since there seems to be a small uptick? So um, we haven't noticed that there has been a tremendous influx of COVID-related emergencies so far, especially or talking to West Hollywood. So I haven't seen, nor has it been reported to me that we have a significant, I know that we briefed to it, our medical director, which is Dr. Kazan, briefs us daily in our operations conference call. So uh, we look at um, that. So there's nothing that I see right now that's alarming on that potential. But we, we do brief to that every day through an operations conference call where we go through all the components of our organization. Um, with everybody giving a briefing related to the day. And Dr. Kazan is one of those components for the emergency medical services mission for us. Great, thank you. Um, commissioners, questions for the fire chief? Yes. Uh, go ahead, Commissioner Aramian and Ben. Um, first, I want to know how you keep your voice so calm and collective. I feel like your blood pressure is like 99 over 35 right now. And I wish I had that blood pressure. Um, but I want to jump forward. I know we're approaching Halloween, and I just want to know what is your game plan as the fire department. Um, I know we are going to be closing down the boulevard. It's going to be not many stages. It's going to be... A, when I say smaller footprint, I mean it's going to be less stages and, and whatnot. Um, I just want to know how many personnel you're going to be having. Is it going to be more or less compared to previous years prior to COVID? And what your game plan is at, for the fire department for West Hollywood as well? Great question. So what we have the ability to do and flexibility to do is bring in additional resources because we have a lot. So one thing that we don't want to do is impact the customer service delivery outside the footprint of people enjoying Halloween. So what we do is we set up an incident organization, we modify our communications plan, we modify how we're going to get dispatched to something that's potentially, and we use the, um, the template of pride, whether it's within the footprint of pride or it's an outside residence outside of the Pride event, Halloween is no different. So what we do is we put an organizational structure in place. We have a communication plan that caters to the Halloween or any special event. And we look at what the staffing is going to be based upon a BLS, basic life support component, 
an advanced life support component, but also we reach out to our ambulance providers because that's another layer that we don't control the ambulances. We can make recommendations and requests so we can um, treat people if they have a medical emergency. So I know that's a long answer, and but for me to map it out for you, which I could, but we're still setting the organization in place with those conversations within our two agencies on um, that unified approach or that unified command approach for the public safety. So we just don't show up to work and hey, whenever the bell goes off, we'll just figure it out. So we try to separate once again, we'll just call it the event staffing so it can be dealt with in the event area and not compromise that customer service delivery from Fire Station 7 and Fire Station 8. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, Commissioner Freiburg. Hello. Hello there. Thank you for being here tonight and for your report. I just have um, a definition question. What is medical alarm? So a medical alarm could be a activation from a person or it could be something, a medical alarm uh, that's done inside the home that somebody would push a medical alarm. So then we would send um, emergency personnel to that residence for us to s validate that it is a true medical emergency or it could be a false act activation. So a medical alarm is somebody that has a personal device of some sort and there's a lot of different platforms now. There's, you know, web-based platforms, there's, um, you know, application type of platforms or just a life alert um, type yeah. of thing. So that's what a medical alarm is. Okay, and do you feel that a lot more seniors or older residents in our community could benefit by getting um, medical alerts. Have you come across a lot of seniors that maybe would benefit from one of those that doesn't have it? I know within the, the senior community that education component is there for an option for them. One thing that we've also found, depending on what their family network is, is we do get outside calls from way outside the area that they have a family member that they usually call a family member before they dial 911 for whatever reason. So you could get somebody who lives in Michigan or Florida that says my um, grandparent or my uh, mother or father is having a medical emergency. And we go, okay, well, what's their address? And so we get that. And so there is benefits there. The biggest benefit is having and in, in working with our senior community on having a process in place for the first line because they could be incapacitated. And so it could be to where they make that first phone call to a family member. So have those conversations early and be proactive in that approach as um, our community ages, if you will, that there's that interaction at the home for them to have a plan in play for that. But there is a lot of benefit to having that type of medical alert component. Some of them are integrated into their alarm systems, that they have alarm systems. It's integrated into that. There's a lot of different platforms, but our dispatch center um, really does a phenomenal job on vetting where the emergency call is coming from. And um, your firefighters go and then evaluate what needs to happen with that patient. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I was just concerned because if you look at, I think it was August, there were 30 medical alarms. That's a lot. It was a lot. And then, but in July, there was only what, two or three. Mm -hmm. Okay, all right, thank you so much. You're welcome.
Um, thank you. Um, Commissioner Harrison. Hi. Um, I, I'm just curious, one, I wonder if those increases are related to weather <laughs> and the heat. Um, and if you could do something about this fly that's flying around all of us, that would be amazing. <laughs> oh, it'll land um, over here, I guarantee I'm it. Sure, I'm sure it's going to absolutely <laughs> get everyone. Um, a question about planning. When you mentioned the two agencies that are involved in planning for Halloween, what about our block by block? How are we utilizing what seems to be a very large contingent of people now for block by block in planning for Halloween? Are they in, in, are they involved? Do you integrate them? Or is it so all the um, people that are involved within the city of West Hollywood are um, whatever it's, whether it's a public works component, whether it's a law component, fire component, um, we get together and plan. So on how it's utilized is gonna be the sheriff's department and they're an extension really of the large organization that we have in place. So exactly how they're gonna be utilized is going to be West Hollywood sheriffs who uh, looks at what their commitment can be and how they want to use them on any type of event. On on, and that's something that within the law branch on all their organization and how we perform in a unified component. But the law branch um, handles all those law-related needs, and so that would be um, they could talk to that here in a little bit on how they're going to utilize them. But we utilize them, though, because they're there, and a lot of times they give our personnel direction, which is of value. So the Block by Block does have a component every day. Thanks. Um, Commissioner Nickel. Yes. Thank you for your report. Um, I wanted to thank Station 8 for coming out to National Night Out this year mm -hmm. again, and they, uh, they demonstrated first aid techniques, and, and I know everyone really appreciated it. Great. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I understand that there were some issues with um, vandalism on their cars over there. Do you know anything about that, or has it been resolved, or are they still experiencing this? So, it's nothing new. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately. So, um, within uh, the members of that station, um, it gets um, only so much parking, so your firefighters are pushed to park on the street. And so there's um, people that don't have the best intentions, and so we do have some vandalism that does happen to those uh, vehicles. Even when they're in that the lot across the street, there's vandalism. So it is a concern uh, for us, and for us to mitigate it, it it's, it's challenging for us because we don't have the parking spot for uh, the firefighters that are assigned there, you know? so. Um, I can say that the sheriff's department and even block by block that they know, especially the sheriff's department, they do quite frequent, um, plus they come over for coffee all the time, by the way, um, that they know that is a, an issue for us. For, they know that our cars are going to be there for 24 hours, so there's those um, opportunities there, let's just say. So there's nothing that we can really do unless we can put them in underground parking like we can, in, or a gated portion like we can at uh, Station 7 off San Station Vicente. 7. Yeah. All right, thank Great you. Great question, you're welcome. Um, before we um, move to Commissioner Ramian, I just want to piggyback on Commissioner Nichols' question about the vandalism. 
Um, has there been discussion open with the new development next door, Laterra, to see if they have spaces available for um, our firefighters from Station 8 to park? So I do know that there was some conversation um, with our neighbors or soon-to-be neighbors next door. Where we're at with that, I cannot answer because I don't know what their parking arrangements are going to be for their, let's just say, residents are going to be there. So I don't know what flexibility they have. So I know that we had some early conversations on that before they even put up the first uh, vertical piece of uh, structural member there. So that's something that we can have a conversation with them on for sure. Yeah, that would be great if that could work out. Thank you. Um, Commissioner Aramian. Thank you. Chief, one last question. Uh, in the beginning of your comment, you had mentioned that we have sent crews out to Hawaii to fight their fires. Uh, do you know how many crews have been sent out from LA County, LA City, and are those resources that are being sent out being taken away from the resources that we need here in our vicinity, or are those reserves that are sent out? So that's a great question. So for Hawaii, we didn't send any firefighting resource to combat the fire. We sent folks in a support role, and one of those support roles was with our cadaver dogs and overhead to go and help with that damage assessment component. The firefighting resources we did send out to Northern California, but your Los Angeles County Fire Department has tremendous depth. So it does not affect our operational daily component at all. Um, and plus, when there is assistance that's needed elsewhere, we always evaluate how much we can let go to help somebody else's firefighting effort or emergency effort. So I don't want you to think that we send people out and we're at drawdown with staffing. That does not happen. One last question. I know the sheriffs have reserve deputies. Do you guys have reserve firefighters? We do not. We have some areas that have call firefighters. So in the Antelope Valley, they have call firefighter stations. And then in the Santa Monica Mountains, we have two call firefighter stations that actually are community-based. They are paid call firefighters. They can staff the engine and they respond uh, within their community. But we have the ability to use them um, throughout all of LA County, if we have a major emergency, they can come in and augment and enhance the daily operations, but it is a call firefighter program, but we do not have volunteers or reserves like that. Thank you. Uh, listening to you, I think my blood pressure is now down to like 100 <laughs> over like 53. And I love Thank coffee you. too, by the way. <laughs> Um, commissioners, any additional questions? Go ahead, Commissioner Blau. Thank you. Thank you for your report. Um, I just wanted to make a, a note to help make sure that our fire department is well aware of our resources. Um, just as a reminder that through the city's community safety and well-being strategy, we've got the WeHo Cares team coming mm -hmm. up, which will provide um, behavior and mental health uh, ongoing support for crisis situations um, as a handoff from the fire department. And I know that that's starting to come up. Um, and I just wanted to raise that to your uh, mind again so mm -hmm. that um, we can 
take advantage of that resource and free up our West Hollywood uh, fire department team um, with those situations. That is correct, and I'm well aware of that, and I think it's gonna be a, a great consolidated effort to get whatever the medical emergency is, whether it's a mental health emergency, to get treatment for the right patient at the right time. So that's gonna be a great extension for the overall public health component. So thank you for that support. Thank you. Uh, commissioners, any additional questions? Well, thank you, sir. Thank you. I appreciate you. your time. Always great to see you. Yes, sir. Thank Please you. Please be safe. Always. Um, item 7B, the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department will now provide reports on activities for the months of July and August 2023. Um, we have Sergeant Jason Duran and Lieutenant Fanny Lapkin. Good evening. Good evening, everybody. Good evening, everyone. How are you? So just to start off, just really quickly, just so you guys know, for um, July, we're not going to touch too much of the information for July. I'm sure you've seen the reports. It, there wasn't a significant increase or decrease in any of the crimes. Nothing really um, significant happened. Part one crimes were down about 14 or 16 percent, I think it was, 16 percent for the month of July. Um, our pickpocketing was still going on with about 31 within the Rainbow District. Um, our average number of calls for service was, was pretty consistent with the uh, previous 1,700 calls, um, 49 felony arrests, 85 misdemeanor arrests for the month of July. Uh, August was a little bit of a bigger month for us, so we're going to cover more of the information for the August report, and um, it'll probably address some of the questions and some of the information that was asked to be provided from the commission, um, especially regarding traffic information. It's going to be now in that report. So for the month of August, West Hollywood Station personnel responded to 1,934 calls for service, 99 of those calls being emergency response. Uh, deputies made 58 felony arrests and 119 misdemeanor arrests. Uh, response times for our station, I know that was brought up at one point, our, our average response time as it is right now, uh, year to date, is for emergency calls were um, 3.9 minutes, for priority calls, 10.7 minutes, and for our routine calls, about 35.2 minutes. Uh, th those numbers are well below our department standards. Uh, our department has a, a much higher bar, and, and we're way below that here at West Hollywood, so our, our response times are pretty well under and, and pretty good for uh, as a whole when it comes to the Sheriff's Department. Uh, West Hollywood Station Part 1 crimes are up for the month of August. We had 231 incidents when compared to August of 2022 with 164. That was a 41% increase from last year to this year. Uh, when you break down the part one crimes by district, the West district uh, uh, accounted for 45% of the part one crimes, 103 total. City center was 25% of the crimes, uh, 58 total. And the East end was 30% of the total crimes, 70. Um, in comparison to last year, all three areas of the city, crime is up for part one crimes. Uh, overall, the, the part one crime numbers are being driven by grand theft, petty theft, and vehicle burglaries. Uh, with those three categories alone, it was 154 incidents. 
We had 33 pickpocket incidents in the Rainbow District. Um, our EPT deputies continue to work with local businesses to keep our patrons aware of the problem and to better the business um, awareness and, and keep the, the, the pickpocketers out of the clubs when we can. There are three reports of sexual assaults in August. All of these are being investigated by detectives as active incidents. There were 13 grand theft auto or stolen vehicle incidents for the month of August. Of those 13, five of the theft involved unattended vehicle with keys being left in them. We would like to stress the importance of not leaving keys or a vehicle unattended running for any length of time. Um, opportunists are out there and they will find you. It is very important that you don't do those things. Uh, we had 47 vehicle break-ins during the month of August. Uh, vehicle burglaries are up all over the county. Uh, we would like to remind people to lock valuables in the trunk of their cars and not to leave anything visible in their vehicles. Um, in August, we had six catalytic converter thefts. Excuse me. Uh, the number is low, but the crimes are still occurring, especially when it comes to Toyota Prius models. Uh, Traffic-related data. Uh, we had seven DUI arrests uh, in August, six of which involved a traffic collision. Um, on August 4th, there was a vehicle versus pedestrian collision. Uh, the driver of the vehicle was found to be at fault for not yielding to the pedestrian in an unsafe turning movement. Uh, on August 28th, there was a vehicle versus e-scooter collision. Uh, at this point, I, I don't know who was at fault. The report is still being processed. It was not turned in at the time of uh, my report. Uh, for traffic citations, um, I know that, that it was being asked uh, if we could kind of give a little bit of a breakdown of where traffic citations were being uh, issued. Uh, because of the systems that we use for tracking our, our citations, they aren't necessarily tracked by street. So we took some footwork and one of our um, uh, clerical staff to go through and, and find data. But what we did is we broke them down by major streets, so Santa Monica, Fountain, and Sunset. So for the month of August, Santa Monica had uh, 21 citations that were issued on it, uh, Fountain had seven, and Sunset had six. Um, in August, our traffic enforcement team conducted a selective enforcement targeting drivers uh, failing to yield to pedestrians. Over 30 citations were issued as a result in just one day. Uh, two more operations are scheduled for this month, um, also focusing on pedestrian and bicycle safety. Um, some of the notable notes for August, um, our station volunteers have all, um, donated 361 hours of time for the month of August. Um, it's one of our highest number uh, of hours donated year to date. Um, our volunteers are continuing to do a great job and being very loyal to the station and the community and with their time. Um, middle of the month in preparation of uh, hurricane or tropical storm Hillary, um, during the week of August 19th through the 21st, uh, deputies monitored roadways for flooding um, and other storm-related hazards. There was a brief outage that Sunday. Um, our volunteers also contributed approximately 30 hours just that weekend related to preparations and anticipated storm-related incidents. Unfortunately, or fortunately, there wasn't much that happened in relation to the, uh, the storm and what happened in the city. Um, August 8th, our station participated in um, National Night Out, where we got to see many of you, uh, as well as uh, community members. Uh, Captain Mulder was in uh, attendance, and he attended every single one of the 
events that was scheduled, I believe there was nine different ones, and he was able to attend all nine. Um, on August 5th, um, there was a female who lit a bush on fire outside of the sheriff's station. Um, the suspect was arrested and then later placed on a mental evaluation hold. Uh, there was only damage to the foliage in front of the station, no damage to the station itself. Um, on August 28th at approximately 2 a.m., the 1200 block of La Brea, two victims were walking the front door of their apartment complex when two suspects approached with them armed with handguns and demanded their jewelry. The victims complied and turned over their jewelry. It was later learned that the victims were followed home from a nightclub in Los Angeles and then were confronted as they exited their rideshare vehicle. Uh, this robbery is currently being investigated by a special sheriff's department detective unit. Um, I have very little information that I can share with you regarding that incident, but I, I know that some of the commissioners here were interested in what happened with that. On August 30th at 1.30 p.m., West Hollywood cops team deputies saw a person who they recognized from a law enforcement wanted flyer. They detained that person and confirmed that person was wanted for attempted murder. Uh, deputies arrested that person, and they also recovered weapons and narcotic paraphernalia from the suspect during that arrest. Um, just this past week, on September 6th, we kicked off our 2023 Community Academy. We had 21 members uh, 20 members participate. Uh, day one was a greeting by Captain Mulder, followed by an overview of the station, uh, a brief look into the deputy training program, and a presentation on laws of arrest. Uh, there was also a patrol vehicle uh, that participants were able to explore. Uh, and we look forward to our upcoming sessions and guest speakers. Um, we thank the commissioners that were able to attend that first session and look forward to seeing you for the additional sessions. Um, Lieutenant Lampkin's gonna address, I guess there was a couple questions that were still pending regarding our complaint system. Um, she'll touch on those and then we'll open it up to any other questions that you may have today. Hello, I know some of the commissioners were asking in regards to our discipline reports, like when a deputy gets in trouble for whatever reason. Um, looking through our, our um, Bill of Rights, we can't give you specifics, but I know that there is links on um, the LASD.org. Um, if you go into the LASD.org and you go into transparency, um, link and then you go into discipline. I can email you all this so you guys have where to look for it. Um, there's also links and accountability and then it gives you the employee discipline report. That is given quarterly. Um, the way it's broken down, it's given by rank, what the recommendation of discipline and then the description of what they did. Because the Bill of Rights protect us, we cannot break it down by station. So it's quarterly, it's done quarterly through our department. Um, they put all that information down, and that information comes out from our Internal Affairs Bureau. Um, so I looked in to see if we can break it down um, station-wide. We can't do that. Um, and then the other thing that you asked is about the co um, commendations, service complaints. So those are also, um, again, we can't break it down specifically, but the, the Office of Inspector General, LACounty.gov, has um, under publications, and then you go under LASD, it has reform oversight efforts. And on page 22, last quarter, which was April through June, it has by station. They break it down by station. I actually have a copy of one of the reports. Um, and on the back, it'll have how many commendations were issued. So let's say for April and June, there was 10. 
commendations, there was eight personnel complaints, and then there was three service complaints. Again, the specifics of that, we can't give you because we're protected under the Bill of Rights. So, but this is like the Office of Inspector General um, creates these audits for that reason and for transparency. But I can email you a breakdown of the different locations where you can find both reports. And again, and they're issued on a quarterly basis. So I can do that if you'd like. I can send an email out to um, Beto and then he can forward it to the rest of the commissioners if that's something that you would like. Um, and in regards to that, again, with the traffic, we're gonna start including, um, like Captain Mulder always says that our systems are put together by duct tape and paper clips. They are, especially our traffic. I mean, we physically have to manually look through, because our computer systems are very archaic. And they're in the process, the department is actually in the process of purchasing a department-wide traffic <coughs> system. I don't know when that's gonna happen, but I know that they're looking into it. So we're, that's the best we can do as far as breaking down per the main thoroughfares. If there's something specific about a specific accident that we can potentially give you information, that's something at a later time. Uh, I'm trying to see what other, I think we covered most of the questions that you have asked, uh, traffic, the discipline reports, um, the um, complaints. And then on the report is also, um, and I can send you that, where it tells, um, on these websites, the LASD.org, it tells you how you can file a complaint. You can go directly to the station, you could talk to the watch commander, or you can go through our internal affairs. There's a list of um, different places that you can actually file a complaint if you wanna file a complaint, or commendation for deputies, because they're not always in trouble. They actually do a good job 99% of the time. We're, we're doing our job and that's what we love to do. So, But there's different resources that you can actually um, log on, you don't have to go through the Sheriff's Department, so I can provide you th with that information as well. Do you have any questions for Jason or myself, or Sergeant yes. Um Thank you, um, Commissioner Arini. Uh, thank you, Sergeant Duran, Lieutenant Lampkin, I appreciate your report. I just have a few questions. Um, my first question is, do we know why the part one crime data was delayed to get to the commissioners today? Usually we get our agenda the Thursday before our meeting today. And when we got our agenda on Friday, uh, it excluded the part one crimes and we just got them today. Um, I just wanna know why, what the delay was because it's really important for us as commissioners to get the data on a timely basis so we have time to evaluate it, look at it, and, and formulate our questions. So I just wanna know what the delay was for that. So unfortunately, we only have one crime analyst and he was on vacation the week before that. So in order for him to compile the one part crimes, he has to read every single report and then he has to um, extract that information from it. So he was able to turn it in today because he was on vacation. Uh, my second question, um, I've heard that there was an incident on August 10th, around 12 p.m. on the corner of Santa Monica and Gardner. Uh, it involved an unhoused person, um, and I'm sure when block by block comes, it also involves a block by block uh, security guard. Uh, I wanna know why this incident is not on the list that we're looking at today that was provided to the commissioners. Was that incident reported? Are we aware of that incident? What is going on with that incident? 
um, from what I understand, it involved a 70-year-old unhoused individual that ended up in the hospital from allegedly being assaulted by a block-by-block -block security guard. Um, so that's a very major issue, and I want to know why that's not on our report today in our statistics here. I'll have to look into as to why that um, specific report was not on on the report. Normally, all the reports that are part ones are included, so I have to look into as to the nature of that. Why it, did it become a confidential report? Did it become, I have no, I, I can't give you an answer to that. But are you guys, is the Sheriff's Department aware of the incident? Yes, I know which incident you're, you're talking about, but I don't know why the report was not in your report. Got it, I appreciate it. If I'll give you a follow-up at our next meeting, that'd be really great. Uh, my other question is in regards to DOIs. I know West Hollywood does several DOI um, sting operations, for lack of better terms. Um, have you, has the Sheriff's Department determined where is the best place to, to stage these DOIs based on the number of citations are written, based on the number of incidents, collisions, how does the Sheriff's Department determine where to stage these DUIs in our city? So those, most of those are done through grant basis through our traffic services detail. So those are determined based on accidents, based on citations, based on um, all the information and data that the traffic division, our main, not the station level, but our main traffic services detail, they're the ones that determine the location and the time of any of those DUI um, enforcements. So, and it's based on everything that you mentioned. So, Beverly and Robertson must be a really good spot because that's where the last two DOIs were, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's uh, I mean, they're, they're, they're a little busy in, in regards to, they can't put them, again, you have to disclose them certain amount. You can't put them in the same location every single time. West Hollywood is 1.9 square miles. So, we have to be able, based on the information that they have and based on, traffic and how they leave or come in and out of the, the city. So my understanding that's the way they determine where they're, they're gonna do their next enforcement. Um, my last question is, um, I know city council had approved the addition of a couple of cameras in West Hollywood, license plate, license plate readers. Uh, can we get an update to see how many traffic stops have been occurred based on the new camera systems and how the new camera systems have helped us here in West Hollywood. As of last week, 36 of our 39 cameras had been installed, so we have not gone live. So uh, they're working on the last uh, a couple of cameras, and in order for it to c become live, the training needs to start. So we had our first meeting um, last week. We're supposed to have a meeting this week so we can continue to train. Um, so as of right now, they're not um, functional, if you want to say, but 36 out of the 39 are installed. Um, that's all the questions. I just want to say thank you, Sergeant, Lieutenant. I truly appreciate the work that you guys do here for our city, and I look forward to working with you guys again in the future. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Um, Commissioner Harrison. Thanks for the report. Uh, I have the same question I had earlier regarding block by block and how you engage in special events and utilizing what, again, is a very large group 
of individuals focused on the safety of the city. How are you engaging them for? So as, as Chief Drew had mentioned, it, it's a collaborative. Um, so they fall under the public safety, the law branch. So we incorporate them. I'm sorry, I just noticed the computer turn on. Sorry. I'm like, what am that I fly. doing? Yeah, yeah, it's that fly. Um, so we incorporate them um, based. We work together with um, Shay, David, and um, Erica. Um, to actually figure out what's the best location. So for us, for Halloween, our best location is going to be the Rainbow District. So we're going to be, that's where they're going to be our eyes and ears. So they're the same way as we utilize um, code enforcement. Um, they're going to be, we're going to be out there um, in this specific event because we're actually going to have the carnival. It's this event is so large that the station personnel cannot handle. So it is our emergency operations bureau who basically are the planners of these major events like they did Pride are the ones that are coming in to help us and assist us with the planning of um, Halloween. But as we mentioned, we're in talks now. We've been in, in talks with our emergency operations bureau um, for the last month so that we can get to the point of um, knowing exactly what we're gonna do, how many personnel we need, what are the resources. So that's the stage that we're at now, exactly trying to figure out the number. Um, and then and speaking to with the fire department to see what their numbers are. Um, so everybody is included, code enforcement, you know, uh, public safety, you know, all of our storm personnel, um, fire department, and then we have our block by block partners that are, that assist us being eyes and ears. We have our volunteers that are out there, you know, walking the footbeat, um, even patrolling in the areas outside of the park, uh, of not the park, but outside of the, you know, from La Cienega to Doheny, that's uh, gonna be, you know, shut down. So we, we can't forget the outside, so we actually supplement our patrol. Um, not like like um, Chief Drew said, we, we concentrate on having the amount of deputies that we need or sworn, whether it be block by block code enforcement, whoever it is inside the event, we also are gonna supplement outside the event so that the people that are not participating in this event are not, um, that we, we help them and we deal with any calls of service that are that come up. That's great. That's helpful. Thank you. Um, this is the second question along the lines of my fellow commissioner regarding the uh, special activations for bicycles and pedestrians, where you saw 30 citations, I think, issued, you said. Are those in the same locations or do you move those around as well for the future ones that are going to take place? So they, they base it on um, current trends where accidents are happening, where, where they're seeing things go on. Um, that, that's why they're focusing on the pedestrian safety issues because we've had a, a little uptick in uh, pedestrian versus vehicle. So they'll move based on uh, where they see things going on. For example, if, if they, they choose an intersection and when they get there and they monitor it for half the day and there's nothing really happening or there's no really violations going on, they might move to a different intersection to try to get some enforcement done. So it just kind of is based on what goes on in the city and what they see. Great. Thank you. And thanks for your service. Appreciate it. Thank you. Um, thank you, Commissioner. Um, Commissioner Nickel. Thank you, Chair. Sergeant Tron, Lieutenant Lapkin, good to see you. Nice thank you me. for your report. Um, during our special study session last month, there were several speakers that brought up something. They said that they had been um, stopped. They were in traffic stops here in West Hollywood and that the officer that stopped them put their hand on their gun, which for a civilian is scary. So why would an officer do that when they make a traffic stop? A lot of the time, uh, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, it's a secured making sure, like you'll see me 
put my elbow on it to make sure that it that it's there, especially when you're walking around a lot of people. And as you know, um, I don't have the stats in front of me to tell you, traffic stops are the most inherently dangerous. Um, and if and we're like anybody else, if we don't train, if you what's that saying? If you don't use it, you lose it. So how quickly can you draw your gun when you're when a gun's being pointed at you? So it's I know that statistics are is that if you're quick and you're you know proficient in um, and drawing the gun, it's one to three seconds. One to three seconds can be deadly for you or for somebody else. So for us, it's a safety. Um, if if we feel that we need to put our hand in our, uh, for whatever reasons, maybe we can't see their hands, maybe, because um, hands is what kills us, because that's where usually the weapons are at. So for me, if I'm asking somebody to put their hands so I can see them, because I can't see because of the tint on their windows, um, I mean, I could go on and to add the reasons why, but it's a safety. It's a safety. Um, I'm not going to draw my weapon unless I need to. So, but having your 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 gun again, I even here sitting now, I'm putting. I've had put my elbow on it. It's a. It's we're trained to keep our hands up in front of us so that we can either protect ourselves or we can draw. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you know. We want to go home as well. Our, our, our goal is never to take anybody else's life. That's never what we want to do. But how, how proficient are we going to be with our weapons? Understood. So I was aware that, um, I became aware that traffic stops and domestic violence dispute calls mm -hmm. are the most dangerous moments for officers. So when an officer does a traffic stop, if they put their hand on their weapon, it's just good for citizens to know. It's not because of the person that they're stopping, the nature of the person, it is because it is a dangerous time for you and you're just securing your weapon and you're protecting yourself. Correct, again, it, it's, it's also sometimes second nature for us. It's like, you know, you, we, I, I know exactly where my radio is, I don't have to look. I know exactly where my, it, again, it's become second nature, it's muscle memory. This is how we train, this is, and it's not, to, again, it's not because we're gonna draw a weapon. It's just, I just, it's there. And, and you've seen videos where there's fights and your gun belt is, um, and I can tell you from personal experience, um, I was involved in a fight and I had bruises all around my elbow because we were fighting for my weapon. So I kept securing it with my elbow. So again, it, it's just muscle memory. Um, I didn't have my hands to lock it down because my, anyway, without getting into too many details, but I had bruises all over my elbow because that's what I kept doing is securing my weapon, making sure that it was still in my holster. Got so um, again, various reasons as to why deputies do, um, but it's not, it's not an intimidation factor. It, it's not based for that. Um, it's, it's a safety thing for us too because it takes time for us to draw a weapon if we need to. Understood. I, and but as a civilian, I was yes. stopped one time in 25 years in West Hollywood. The officer did that, and it, it's it's a little scary to see. So now, hopefully, everyone listening understands why you do that, and it's not it's not a threat. No. Um, I'm glad that you mentioned the incident that happened on La Brea because I I was concerned about that. It's my part of the world, and I speak to people and there do seem to be some problems over there. So hopefully that there are increased patrols, you're aware of the situation. I mean, I know that, that 
that part of West Hollywood is always a problem. And I know we've, uh, I know Captain Mulder has mentioned it too. We've increased our foot beats. We've tried to them at night. We do them during the day. We try to get to the um, the businesses um, during the day as well. Our our teams are out there going in and talking to our you know our businesses at you know at the gateway. They I've walked with them as they go into you know whether it be Target or Bevmo and and talk to the businesses and if people see that maybe it's a deterrent. So. Just because we, we put out the footbeats, we try to do our best to hire for all the positions because we try to hire every single day out of the week. But as you can see, we're short staffed, so it, it's whatever, and it's you know, it's whenever they could do those footbeats. But we're we're increasing it. We have the bike teams are out um, and doing that as well. So uh, again, you know, the visibility. The more visible we are, the less you know the less the crimes that have occurred, but I know that is one of the areas that we have increased our footbeats and, and even the patrol checks. Great, and my next question was about footbeats, so you beat me to it, thank you. Um, and also above sunset, I know that there have been issues above sunset where you think that it wouldn't be, it's more residential, it's off the beaten path, but still things are happening, so. And that's one of the other things that, um, speaking with our partners from you know block by block, we also, if we have, if there's a specific trend, like if we see that cars are being broken into, I'll email Shay and say, hey, can you, can you have your block by block go up and be visible between these hours? Because the cars have been hit, you know, we call it being hit, but they've been, you know, burglarized, they've been, uh, windows have been broken. Can we, can we have them concentrate on that? Can we con have them concentrate on Malrose? Because this is what we see. So that's, again, the partnership that we have with block by block. Again, there are eyes and ears, you know, but, they're a deterrent as well. If they see them walking around, people are gonna think twice before, you know, because they know who they are now. Um, so it, again, it's a partnership that we try to have them increase if we see any trends. Um, and they have, um, again, we have a good partnership, you know, with, with David, Shea, and Erica now. And I have the same questions for him when he's up here about over on La Brea and above sunset. So thank okay. you for anticipating. No problem. Thanks. Um, thank you, Commissioner Fraggett. Thank you for coming here tonight for your report. I had a question. I don't know if it's going to be you, Chief Drew, or staff. What about fentanyl overdose statistics? Where are we at with that in our community? So the, um, I don't know because with us, unless we're called, um, unless we're called and we know it's a fentanyl overdose, because there's a lot of times when we have persons that have passed and it's a medical. We don't know because of HIPAA what, what it is. But if it's something that um, we respond, medical response, then we know. Um, I couldn't tell you what the stats, I can look for the stats on, on our end. But again, a lot of the time, if it's a, nat it's, if it's a natural cause, and I put it in quotes, if they say it's a natural cause because they're under the care of a doctor, we would never know if it's a fentanyl unless it's obvious signs. And then that's when we get involved. If it's an obvious sign, then we have our homicide bureau that comes up. If it's just a, again, it, it, it varies. If it's just a plain overdose that it's, you don't see any foul play, then our homicide doesn't respond, uh, our coroner does. So we can, I can try and get the data of how many we would have. Maybe our homicide, what do you think? Maybe our homicide uh, would probably know those stats. I mean, even arrests, maybe? Arrests, like people have the drug on them and you arrested them for that drug? Yeah, that we, that we can get. Okay. Yeah, that we can get. Because I think when I was on the Human Services Commission, we did get it from the city. 
I remember Derek would give us updates on fentanyl, so that'd be good for us to really get those, you know, for this uh, commission. The next thing I wanted to know about, um, do you have wanted posters for the pickpocketers? You know, maybe security cameras caught them or prior arrests or anything like that? So there's two versions of the wanted posters. There's law enforcement only, and that's because it's being investigated and we don't want to put too much information on there. And then there's the ones for the public. So the ones for the public is the ones that you see that the news media picks up. Because a lot of the time, we'll send it to, like the perfect example, the, I don't know if this thing, I keep hearing feedback on this thing. Um, the arrest that the cops team, um, um, they got the attempted murder suspect, it was a wanted poster that was from a different agency. So we share that information. The deputies recognize that individual. Um, they, he was confirmed because that agency came to us and positively identified that person as a person wanted for attempted murder. So those are the internal, what we call internal um, bolos or wanted posters. But then there are those that we disseminate to the public once the detectives that are handling the case determine that it needs to go out to the public for the public help. Okay, and do you send it to the businesses too or do you just post it online and then that's it? Post it online. Um, we don't have where, I know that there's one thing that um, Director Rivas and I have talked about trying to have, I know with the new technology platform, the bridge, we're able to send out information to businesses, whereas right now we can't disseminate, whether it's a business, whether it's a resident. Uh, so I know that that's something that we've talked about. Like if we need to do um, what we call PSAs, public service announcements, you know, lock your vehicles, whatever it is that we can disseminate that to the businesses. Um, as of right now, no, unless it's something that goes out on the media. Okay, and my last question is, can we please get a, a copy, uh, legend, a definition key of the categories, so this way the residents know the difference between, you know, a robbery, a theft, a grand theft, and all of that, that you can accompany with your uh, reports every month? Are you talking about the, uh, the part one crimes when they're broken down into sections about mm -hmm. thefts? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sure we can add something on there that can that can give some general uh, verbiage as to what each uh, could entail. I mean, it, it it's it, everything's different every month, obviously, but yeah, they can break it down a little bit better, maybe with a some sort yeah. of legend or a key. Yeah, just because you know sometimes it gets confusing for people. I mean, even when I first started, I had to keep looking them up, looking them up. So I think it'd be really great if we could get that accompany yeah. every month. I know our crime analyst that prepares these reports, he's working on a new way of developing the reports. That can be part of it. I'll, I'll speak to him regarding it. Okay. Thank you. Um, thank you, Commissioner. Commissioner Blau. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Lieutenant Sergeant, for your report. And as well, thank you for providing the, uh, the information on the traffic citations and on the, uh, I think it was the August 29th traffic safety operation. Um, just a really quick question. If you can, I, I don't have those numbers in the report that I've got for the month of August. I think you probably just compiled them mm -hmm. recently. Can you share those with um, staff? And then I don't know if we can include those within either the minutes or amend them to the agenda or adjust the report somehow so that we can share those numbers that they'll be providing in addition to those links that you have mm -hmm. had earlier. Um, and then just, yeah, a thanks to staff for compiling those numbers as well. It sounds like a manual effort, but I really appreciate it. No, no problem. Thank you. That was okay. it. Um, Commissioner Ring. I just want to echo on what Commissioner Freibert said uh, in regards to the pickpocketers. Um, 
in regards to the wanted posters and all that, you know, I had agendized something uh, about two months ago in regards to where all the bars, restaurants get to communicate with each other. It's a software called Patron Scan, and that does give us an ability if we do know that someone is a pickpocketer, when we scan their photos, when they come into the bar, we scan their photos and we have a picture of them, and we could then 86 them. And that patron scan does speak to all the bars, restaurants, nightclubs in West Hollywood, Los Angeles, Nevada. Um, and it's a red flag. So I would love to see that item come up on our agenda so we could discuss it. It is a very good tool. Um, I have had people from other states who show up at my establishment who get red flagged when we scan their IDs. And it's, it's, it's a great tool to have. So that is something I'm looking forward to. And Commissioner, that is something I think that is also what you're talking about, a, a wanted poster or something with, when it comes to uh, pickpocketers. There is a software out there that a couple, two bars are using here in West Hollywood. And it cannot only be utilized for pickpocketers, but for, for whatever you could think of. So I would love to see that come to agenda at our uh, upcoming Public Safety Commission so we can discuss and hopefully recommend that to City Council. Um, Commissioner Ramian, um, refresh my memory. Did you make a motion to have that agendized? Uh, I did, and it was approved. It was approved. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, any commissioners, anything else before I do? Um, Sergeant Duran, thank you for the update on the Huxley. I appreciate that. Um, were you able to locate any information on the possible armed robbery on Detroit? Yeah, so I, I was able to find one um, based on your question. You did email me inquiring about one. It was on September 4th, and it was an attempted robbery. A person was approached and, and asked to turn over his watch. Um, the victim then kind of negotiated with the suspect and said my watch wasn't worth anything, and the suspect gave up and took off. Um, that, that case is still being investigated, and it may be related to a, an additional robbery in LA City's area. Okay, thank you. And I also have noticed on the east side an uptick in tagging. Um, is this something that you're aware of? They're tagging, for example, um, a dogway stations. Um, they'll tag um, the green fencing that borders a property or development. But in the last month, I've noticed more tagging than ever before. You know, we, we didn't have any particular stats or data um, with vandalisms that it was up. Um, a lot of times with tagging and, and graffiti, things like that, it doesn't get reported to us nowadays just because there's a lot of abatement companies that'll come out and, and clean it essentially rapidly and people don't report it to us. Um, so we, we may not have a lot of that information, but um, we'll, we'll look into uh, vandalisms and to see what's, what's, what's been reported recently and I'll check back and then come back to the next meeting. Okay, great. I usually reach out to Helen Collins um, because if she has it removed, um, almost immediately, mm -hmm. so she might be a good source. And, and that is one of the problems that, that if you want to call it that, um, for us, for tracking that information, is, is usually we don't get those reports because the, the graffiti's been removed to somebody's satisfaction before they even think about reporting it to us. Okay, thank you. Um, Commission Secretary, do we have any 
um, public comments for our sheriff's department in chambers or on Zoom? Um, we have no comments in chambers and none that I see on Zoom either. Okay, commissioners, any other additional comments or questions rather? Um, I do, if I may. Sure, sure certainly. I'll be very short. Um, these are just general comments, um, and I don't want to put this in my commissioner comments, but um, I have filed several complaints on the West Hollywood app when it comes to illegal scavenging. Um, there are, you know, whenever a trash day comes in West Hollywood, all these scavengers are out there, and it becomes a public safety issue when they are emptying the receptacles onto the street and not completely putting everything back in. I filed several uh, complaints on the app, um, and I just don't know if that's a city issue, if that's a staff issue. I know it's not a sheriff's issue. Um, what can we do to address that? Uh, it's become a big issue in West Hollywood where the scavengers follow our uh, Athens uh, trash trucks. I think we'll leave that one for the city. It's a city app. Uh, we don't really get that data. That's why I didn't know if it was going to be for a sheriff's or, or for a city event, but um, it was just my general comments. Um, I have one additional question. Um, do we have any updates on the hiring of um, a public information officer? I know that uh, Captain Mulder... Um, had a meeting with uh, our sheriff, uh, Sheriff Luna, uh, not too long ago, and because he had talked about, well, we finally got approval to hire, but the county has a freeze on any hires. So it, it's, yeah, it, it's um, because we're short, so, so short-staffed, we're not allowed to hire an additional people added on our contract. So. This is beyond my pay grade, but I know that they were discussing what's the easiest way to get that, and he is actually working with um, the Office of the Sheriff to actually get that done ASAP. But in the interim, we have our Sheriff's Information Bureau that has been coming in to help us out, if you noticed, on Instagram or Facebook, and then also our volunteer, Arjun, who has been amazing um, at putting us in the 22nd century because we were a little slow on the Instagram. So he is amazing at, he's given us a calendar. He's um, setting us up for, um, and, and luckily uh, Sergeant Duran is very um, computer savvy and is aware of all the social media. I'm a little bit of a dinosaur that I don't have any of that. So I'm learning how to do all that. But Arjun has been an amazing asset to us who's helping us. And we're slowly moving and we're working on getting again all of our new um, new sergeants and our new lieutenants. So if something does come up, that we want to push that information out. So, but they, we have been working with our our sheriff's information bureau to help us out with anything that needs to be posted. And then Arjun and Sergeant Durano, the other ones doing that. Okay, and um, just to clarify, when you say short-staffed, do you mean the sheriff's department in totality for the county is short staffed because Correct. I just want to make sure there's no confusion with residents oh, thinking yes. that um, our station is short staffed. The department is short staffed. That's why we can't add any more items into the contract. So because, again, I, that's beyond my pay grade as far as how that is done, but I know that uh, Captain Mulder's been in, in contact with the sheriff's office to try and get that expedited. Great, thank you. 
Um, Commission Secretary, do we have a comment in chambers? Yes, we did uh, receive one comment. Um, Sebastian, if you do wanna step up to the podium, you'll have three minutes to speak. Hello, everyone. Um, my name is Sebastian Lacaz. I'm the general manager at Stash um, here in West Hollywood. And I've been asked to um, come and um, share a couple of incidents that have happened um, recently in the past um, week. Um, we've had to file three police reports um, probably in the, in the past month. One was from a break-in in a storage unit we had in the back. And two um, were just last weekend, um, and they involved uh, an unhoused individual who started vandalizing. This, was, this happened um, Friday, September 1st. It was like 3 o'clock in the afternoon, which, as you know, it's pretty quiet um, on Santa Monica Boulevard. There's not a lot of um, action happening in the afternoon, but we're open for business. And... Um, Fortunately, I happened to be there um, doing inventory. And we have a small staff, um, and we, this unhoused uh, person um, grabbed one of the screens that we have that um, are around our hedges, grabbed the screen, and then started uh, grabbing stools, like reaching over our hedges and pulling things and just throwing them on the sidewalk. And um, one of my employees just you know, naturally went over and you know, trying to tell him to stop. Um, and right on the corner there at Chase, we have um, one of the, we have a, an ambassador stand that's right there. And the staff member was waving to the ambassador who literally just looked at him and, and did nothing. And so then the, uh, my employee turned and started picking up, the, picking up some of the stuff that was on the sidewalk. And the unhoused person just came at him and just started assaulting him and, and hitting him. So we obviously filed a police report um, a few days later, the same individual sh showed up again um, and uh, again, like, did something with the screen and, and knocked a drink out of, a, we had a guest sitting in the patio who fortunately was, was not injured and was, was fine. But we found out that um, the individual was arrested but uh, was, I guess, spent three hours um, being locked up or whatever and then was released and then came back to terrorize us again. And I think also there were some other incidents with this individual on the block. Um, so that's kind of what we're dealing with. And we feel very, we're starting to feel just very unsafe um, trying to, to work. Um, you know, it was very disturbing um, to have this happen to someone um, you know, that I'm working with who was just, you know, physically attacked by someone. So I guess, you know, I'm just here to express what's, you know, what kind of what we're dealing with. Um, I see my time is up, but um, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, are there any records of the incidents with the Sheriff's Department? Yes, uh, we, we are aware of that incident, and, and I do believe the DA filed felony charges on that person for the vandalism. Um, I'll have to follow up with our detectives to see what's going on. Uh, unfortunately, the way the zero bail uh, system works right now is it's kind of people are, are in and out of custody fairly quickly, unfortunately, and that, that's probably why the person went right back. 
um, but charges were filed on the initial uh, incident. Okay, thank you. Um, commissioners, any other additional questions? All right, thank you, Sergeant Duran, Lieutenant Lapkin. We appreciate your time. Please be safe. Thank you. Um, item 7C is our report from our block by block security ambassadors for July and August. And we have someone new with us. We want to welcome Erica Leon, who will be giving the report. And David Aguilar is also in chambers. Good evening. Good evening. There you go. Yes. Okay. Good evening, everyone. Um, David Aguilar, Regional Vice President of Block by Block. You know, as uh, Commissioner uh, or Chair Holman mentioned, um, Erica Leone is the new general manager here in West Hollywood, so she's going to be helping out with the general oversight of the program in collaboration with Shay Gibson. Okay. Uh, hello. I'm very happy to be uh, part of the West Hollywood uh, Ambassador Program. Um, personally speaking, I spent a lot of time in West Hollywood, and so I'm very, very proud to also now be working uh, within the city limits and uh, working towards uh, improving our services and partnering with our city council and uh, sheriffs and strengthening partnerships uh, beyond just our services. So um, I'd like to just give some quick uh, overview around um, some trends that I've seen in the last month. I've just completed my official first month here in West Hollywood. So I just wanted to just um, just provide some trends that I've noticed since, since, since my arrival. Um, calls for service um, along our district have increased by about 14% um, in the month of August. Uh, most of these calls for service are around the unhoused and which is the majority of uh, our interactions uh, with our ambassadors are with the unhoused. Um, there was a dip in unhoused contact in August. Um, as with any uh, introduction of, of leadership with any program, there was some attrition in August that I think is, was naturally taking place. So we did see some uh, staffing shortages in August that we're currently uh, diligently working to uh, replace and address. And so we're looking to be fully staffed, hopefully by the end of next month. Um, the other, uh, right now our priority continues to be our residential patrols, kiosks, uh, number of city and commission meetings, and just patrols overall uh, throughout our district. Um, Again, our bulk of our interactions continue to be with the unhoused. Um, we also saw um, a increased um, focus on business contacts as we try to continue to increase our visibility on the boulevard. Uh, one thing that our ambassadors have definitely been focused on is being more visible within um, our businesses, especially on the west side. Um, so uh, they're going in saying, hello, I'm your ambassador for the day, if there's anything that you need. So just diligently working at being more present. And so as we continue to uh, 
staff diligently, um, we should see an uptake in that as well. Uh, let's see. I do wanna highlight um, some work that we've started to do to proactively strengthen, like I said, our partnerships with the city. Uh, we recently, I recently had um, a great introduction, in, uh, introduction with uh, Sergeant Duran and Lieutenant Lampkin at the Sheriff's Department. Um, we, um, I also recently joined the Community Academy, which started last week, which is a great place for me to start in, in strengthening our partnership with, uh, with the Sheriff's Department. I also had two of our other, our current ambassadors join, so there's three of us there now. Um, we recently uh, were part of the soft launch with the WeHo Cares mobile uh, unit, and so they've been partnering very closely with our ambassadors over the last couple of weeks um, to just kind of get a lay of the land. I think our ambassadors are some of the best subject matter experts on you know, some of the in-house is they're, in deal they're dealing with them on a daily basis. They know them by name. They know, you know, during certain times of the month when they're gonna see an increased activity. So the We Hope Care folks have been partnering heavily with us um, over the last couple of weeks to uh, become acclimated to the district. And we are looking forward to their partnership because we know that uh, that would be a partnership that we will closely uh, be a part of and, and continue to strengthen with them. Uh, we are also uh, looking at um, working with the Sheriff's Department to increase um, our visibility around the holidays, especially uh, we hold Pride and Halloween. And so after this, um, we'll make sure to communicate with the Sheriff's Department to make sure that you know, our services are um, available and, and we're able to be uh, used in any which way that the Sheriff's Department needs support. And so we're looking to be a, a bigger part of that. And um, there's a, a, a plethora of other things that we're working on uh, internally to make sure that uh, we continue to be a large presence here in West Hollywood and, and improve our services. Thank you. Um, I have a few questions. Um, are you familiar with the particular incident that Sebastian, Sebastian, correct, um, mentioned at Stash. I know it's hard if you're not actually on the street or if that particular ambassador mentioned anything, because I guess what I'm trying to get at, um, how should an ambassador act or respond in a situation such as this? So I can answer that. So um, again, I, for just the incident in general, we would have to go back. We would have to, and I, I hope we can we can meet afterwards just to discuss the details behind that incident, so that we can go back and look at our records. Now I'm, I'm not sure if Shay was aware of the incident, but it sounds like this incident occurred prior to Erica coming on. Um, so we can definitely look into what reports we have on our side, um, just based off of what I heard in the description where, you know, I'm hearing that somebody's waving us over. I mean, the initial instinct should be to come over and see what's going on, right? And maybe follow up and ask some questions so that if we need to reach out to the Sheriff's Department, you know, we can do that for, for anyone out here. Um, so we would, we would have to look into that just to find out what the details were and, and what exactly that ambassador observed in that particular incident. Okay, great, thank you. Um, on La Brea, you know, I wore dual hats because I'm chair of public safety, but I'm also the captain of the Eastside Neighborhood Watch. 
So residents from the Huxley where they seem to have a large host of issues, um, they don't feel that they see the block by block presence on La Brea between Santa Monica and Fountain. Um, do you cover that area? So we do, um, and I, I did see a, a thread come through at some point. Uh, again, so Shay, Shay's out of the office until about the end of this month. Um, but just in preparation for the meeting, you know, I got to see a couple of things that came through that pipeline. So to answer your question, yes, that side of La Brea on the Huxley side is still, it's like the border of the area that we patrol. Uh, historically, and just so that you all know my historical background, I've, I've been working with the West Hollywood Ambassador team since 2010. Uh, started off on the Sunset Strip, and then I launched the ambassador program here in 2013, so I was the first manager for that program. So I've got a lot of the historical uh, pride knowledge and Halloween, to answer your question a little later. Um, so that area, even before it was developed, was, was an area that we kind of paid attention to, but it was just on the other side of the street. Um, so it wasn't an area that was actively patrolled. I know, I, I believe, George, you, you reached out to, to Shay with some of the concerns. Um, you know, that was something that Erica and I looked at or looked into earlier or last week, I'm sorry. Um, so we can definitely follow up and, and just make it a point to be more visible. I know we've spent a lot of time at, at the, uh, the McDonald's, which drew a, a lot of our attention for many, many years, um, as did the Rite Aid directly across the street from that. So um, the Huxley is definitely an area that we can, we can make pit stops um, at, so we just have to take a look at our deployment. You know, as, as uh, Lieutenant Lampkin mentioned previously, we also look at crime trends or they share their trends with us to, to just give us a bit of guidance on where our attention is, is better focused or needed. And so um, that's definitely an area that we can, we can stop in. I don't know if there's a point of contact. I know before there used to be um, like a general manager of the apartment complex that we could talk to on a frequent basis. So if there is someone, you know, maybe we can make it a point just to pop in and say hello. You know, Erica touched on, on, on really pushing the business contacts with our ambassadors just to enhance that visibility so that, you know, the business owners, employees of businesses, general managers of different apartment complexes and or nightclubs can see a little bit more of the program. So that's definitely something we can do. We can just make it a point to make a pit stop, check in, um, and, and just see what we can do to help out. Yeah, the office at the Huxley doesn't appear to be fully operational. Okay. However, um, we do have a neighborhood watch captain okay. uh, in the building that I'm happy to put you in touch with. Okay. Um, you know, he's kind of like the eyes and ears on the ground, but they do have a lot of problems there. Um, my last question, um, and also, Eric, I want to welcome you. I apologize. I should have done that in the beginning. I had the pleasure yeah. of meeting you, uh, David. You know, brought you over to meet me. Welcome to West Hollywood. I hope we don't scare you off. Not at all. <laughs> um, you said you were working to become fully staffed. Um, when you are fully staffed, how many ambassadors will you have in total? Um, well, the our contract, I think, if I'm not mistaken, uh, we are to have 93 ambassadors total within the district. So we are about about 10 to 12 short on that currently. Okay. And how many kiosks do we have? I know one was additionally put at Santa Monica in Fairfax because the um, owls, which would be the neighborhood watch group closest to that area, they were asking for one. So it's great to see one there. Yeah, so I can touch on that. So just on the, on the staffing question, that is 93 including the, the trolleys because we're also on the trolleys overnight, but that's a separate uh, contract. Um, 
as far as the kiosks, so we're still at seven with the kiosks. So what we did is, I believe due to some of the construction that was happening down on Melrose, we really didn't see a major need for that kiosk there. And with the growing concerns over at Fairfax and Santa Monica Boulevard, that's when you know we, we got together with, with, uh, with Danny Rivas and, and we made that decision to move that kiosk from Melrose over to Fairfax. Um, and so we'll, we'll definitely look into bringing another one back over to Melrose if, if that's what's needed. Uh, but I think just given some of the trends and some of the concerns, I think it's probably better off over at Fairfax and Santa Monica for now. Okay, and actually one additional question. You made me think of something. Um, I have friends that live north of Fountain, south of the Director's Guild, which I believe that's still West Hollywood. Can anyone um, chime in and is that still West Hollywood, that, that area? Is that Laurel? Is that what you're talking about? Uh, not Laurel, but I don't know if it's, whatever the next street is west of Fairfax. Is it Havenhurst? Yay, Hayworth. Hayworth, thank you. Um, I know some residents have said they never see patrol in that area. Um, do you patrol that area? So we do not. So our cutoff is Fountain on the, in that area. Okay, so you don't go north of Fountain. We don't go north of Fountain, no. So the best way to, to see this is La Cienega, east to La Brea. We don't go north of Fountain on that side. And I guess some of the easy ways to figure that is like, let's say there was a police emergency or there was a situation where police was needed. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I believe LAPD responds to those calls. And that's if I'm not mistaken. Um, but I mean, we've had residents in the past reached out to us that are just north of Fountain in the Plummer Park area. And, you know, of course, unfortunately for us, we don't go over to that side, but we were able to put them in contact with some of the senior lead officers for LAPD that do patrol that area. Yeah, it's weird because I know like our boundaries, yeah. Kazig and Kazag, it's mm -hmm. like, yeah. you know, like for example, the Rite Aid on La Brea, I was told the front of that property is in West Hollywood, the back is in LA. Correct. And yeah. then when you go down to Chase, that's LA. It is, yeah, so it's a little tricky, but. So we just, we tell our folks to stick to the sidewalks, and if there is a concern that they can easily come over to address and assist what they can. Okay, thank you. Um, Commissioner Nickel. Yeah, um, welcome, thank very you. nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Um, so yeah, you, Chair Holman already brought up about the Huxley, and it's the east side of La Brea, everywhere that's within our boundary, you should patrol. I mean, I would think, if at all possible. I know that there's a lot going on over there. So, um, do you do that? I mean, are you starting to? Where are we at with that? So again, historically, we've always had a presence over on that side. Um, we've gone up as far as Fountain. Um, when that property was in development, I was here for that. Yeah. And, um, and when it first started, I mean, there were some issues, so we did make it a point to go over in that direction. However, again, as we mentioned earlier, uh, depending on the crime trends, we, we, we try to move our staff members around to different parts of the city or wherever it's, it's needed, depending on, on trends. Um, I don't know, I'm not aware if, if, if any of those crimes are reported on a regular basis. That would create an uptick in crime on that side, which would then you know, get on our radar for just additional resources and, and attention on that side of town. Um, but we've always had a presence of up and down La Brea. I want to say the primary focus, though, has always been the McDonald's or the Rite Aid. Right. So, um, you know, as Erica mentioned, right now, I think for us, we would, we would take a look at that deployment. We can definitely put something uh, in the works to just make it a point to go out there and, and make contact with the folks over at the Huxley just so that 
they get some attention. Now, we can't guarantee that they're going to see ambassador presence every hour or every 30 minutes or anything like that. You know, again, we also have folks that are responding to calls for service. We have folks that are in the parks. We're a little spread out throughout the city. Um, but we can definitely make it a point to, to make some pit stops and, and just check in with some of the folks there. Yeah. Um, and then also above, above sunset, uh, some of the residential areas. Sure. So at, you do go above Fountain in certain parts of the city. Uh, so for Fountain, yes. Um, again, west of La Cienega, we do. Mm -hmm. So, But that would be south of Sunset at that point. Um, north of Sunset, again, the geography of the city changes a little bit. So I can tell you that just from my recollection, I want to say, oof, I'm trying, sorry, it's been a while on the street, but just above One Oak, that was always like our cutoff for the city of West Hollywood. I can tell you that on... Man, I've been out of here for too long. Um, where the coffee bean and the tower records used to be, I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank on the street, but we go all the way to the top, okay. the very top of that hill. Um, and as uh, we also patrol the side street. Jesus, I'm terrible, I should have prepared for this, but it's been a while, but we do. We, there are certain areas that we do patrol north of Sunset. Okay, and yeah. I know that there have been concerns about Plummer Park after dark. There's the kiosk there, there's normally one person, mm -hmm. but there are even um, boards that meet over there and they get out late and it's dark, so I don't know if it's possible. Well, what, sure, one of the services that we offer are safety escorts. So let's say you, you do have some folks that are coming out um, that need to be escorted to their vehicle. They can call our, our ambassador hotline number and again, if we have an ambassador available, typically we do, we can send an ambassador over and they can provide that safety escort. Maybe you guys could reach out to some of the boards that meet over there. And, sure. Uh, yeah. yeah. Typically, um, we, we get a calendar of the community meetings, and they're specific about their needs, um, you know, whether it's a safety escort or, you know, just uh, an ambassador presence. So, um, like David said, whenever they need a safety escort for anything specific, they could just call us. We're right across the street, so it would be very easy to respond. Um, yeah. Great. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, Commissioner Freeberg. Hello. Hello. Thank you for coming tonight in your report, and welcome, Erica. Thank you. A uh, quick follow-up question. I talked to Shay about this, about um, visiting the senior buildings uh, in the city and reintroducing yourself, because he said that you guys haven't been there in a long time. Did that happen? Do you plan on that happening? So that's part of my um, uh, training and transition into West Hollywood, becoming acclimated with the many um, uh, committees and, and, and community advocacy um, groups. Um, so any that you'd like to put me in contact with, I would absolutely welcome. I know that there's a lot. Um, I think we've, I've tried to um, meet as many as possible. I know I'm missing a lot more, so if, I, I'd love to pass along my information to you folks after this so that um, you can um, put me in contact with them because Again, that's part of my big goal is to become acclimated and create strength and strength and partnerships with a lot of those um, community groups. Yeah, I think staff, you could definitely get her a list of the senior buildings to visit. And my second question is, and this might be to staff as well. Um, so the sheriffs and the fire department, we get their statistics and we're comparing year by year, but with block by block, we're only doing month by month. Is there a reason for that? that is different? That, so that might be a question for Director Rivas. Correct, yeah. yeah when yeah. he gets back. I mean, I, I, what I can share is just my historical knowledge is that's how we were asked to present the data. 
Okay. Yeah. And is this something maybe that the commissioners would rather have it compared year to year instead of month by month? I think that's a good idea. It'd be more helpful? Yeah. I think so too. Just so you could see the difference in what's going on in the city. Okay. Um, and that is it. Thank you. Um, you, oh yeah, just more of a comment that um, I just want to say as we look to get a uh, public safety information officer on board uh, with the sheriff's department, your mailer was great. Um, big fan of stickers, so uh, or magnets, I should say. So it's definitely uh, on my refrigerator, and I, and I think it's a really good sign of like reminding people of services that are available and how they should utilize them. So. I just hats off. I think it was really great. So it's great to see you promoting the services that are available to remind people what we have in the city. Okay. Yeah, I, I saw one of those in one of our kiosks, and it was the first time that I had seen it. But we we've been talking internally of how we can continue to educate uh, the city and residents, and as far as you know, what services we can provide and um, where we can be useful. So we'll continue to look for creative ways to educate you know, residents and, and businesses on how we can support them. And welcome, Erica. Sorry, Thank you. should have led with Thank that. Thank you. <laughs> um, piggybacking before Commissioner Aramian goes, um, I thought the sticker was great. When I, I was very excited when I saw it. Um, what about a smaller version of the sticker that ambassadors can carry with them and hand out to residents? and businesses. We are actually working on a maybe like a business size card version of that that they can just carry in their pouches. They also already carry outreach services information, so that's just one more thing to add to their arsenal if anybody's new to the the district to hand out, you know, and to continually remind folks of, of how we can support them. Great, yeah. thank you. Commissioner Ramian. Uh, thank you, Chair Holman. Uh, first, I want to say, Erica, welcome. Thank you. Uh, it was a pleasure meeting you uh, last Wednesday, Wednesday yes. um, at the West Hollywood Community Academy. I just have uh, three questions. I'll, sure. I'll try to keep this short. Um, you know, Commissioner Nickel had mentioned the patrolling of our neighborhoods in West Hollywood. I live on the east side, and I'm pretty much walking my neighborhood uh, pretty frequently with my dogs or by myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I have yet to see patrolling in my neighborhood on Sierra Bonita, Curson. I do see block by block patrolling Romaine, um, Santa Monica. They're doing a great job. It's, I'm very pleased when I see them. But is there a way we could get them to patrol the residential streets? Curson, Sierra Bonita, Gardner, going like all the side streets. Because I feel like we're focusing on the, the main corridors, but we're neglecting the the side streets where there's a lot of developments, a lot of unhoused people are camping out there. So I would love to see block by block patrolling the residential streets off of the major thoroughways like Santa Monica, Romaine, mm -hmm. or, or whatnot. Um, also, not to interrupt you, but Commissioner Ramian, um, they should know you're south of Santa Monica, which I think is important maybe you know, that's where he's not seeing the um, patrolling. I am south of Santa Monica, but it's still West Hollywood. No, I know it's still West Hollywood, but I just want them to have um, an is. idea of It's on between Santa Monica and Romaine. So gotcha. it's like that little cubby hole. Okay. Um, then I do see them riding their bikes, because I could be sitting on my patio, yeah. and I see them riding their bikes on Romaine going east. 
but it'll be nice to see him patrolling the side streets, not only Sierra Bonita, but Kurson, Gardner, Havenhurst, all of the, the side streets where there are residentials, there are developments happening. Because unfortunately, we know where there's developments, there's gonna be unhoused people um, camping out there, which makes more of an issue. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, the other question is, I don't know if you guys heard, I had addressed this with, uh, uh, with the Sheriff's Department. Uh, there was an incident um, involving a block-by-block -block ambassador on or about August 10th on the corner of Santa Monica and Gardner. I would just like to ask you the same question. Why was that not in the report involving a 70-year-old unhoused individual that ended up in the hospital? Um, and I would like to hear what you guys have to say about that, if you guys could give us some feedback to the commission about that. So to my knowledge, that is still being uh, investigated. I know that uh, there was a police report filed um, with the individual involved um, as there was an assault to our ambassadors. Um, so I understand that um, there was a detective that reached out to our ambassadors to get uh, full deal details about that. And I haven't received anything further from the detectives at that point. And my last question would be, um, In August, it was, you know, it's just public knowledge. It was on WeHoVille, WeHo Times. Uh, there was two ambassadors who were caught, you know, making out for lack of better terms with two female individuals. Um, are you able to share the outcome of that? Are those ambassadors still working for Block by Block or have they been terminated? So I, I do want to preface by saying that we take um, any incidences like that extremely serious um, and we do handle them internally according to company policy. While we cannot uh, divulge the details of the investigation, I can tell you that uh, those ambassadors are no longer employed with Block by Block. Thank you again, Erica, welcome aboard. I think you'll be a great asset, not only for Block by Thank Block, you. but also to the public safety uh, community. I appreciate Thank that. You. Thank you. Um, Commissioner Friedberg, did you have additional yeah. comments? All right, I'm having some difficulty removing commissioners, but I believe Commissioner Blau, you are up next. Yes, hi Erica, hi, thank sir. you for joining us and welcome. Um, just a quick question on policy. Mm -hmm. uh, I assume it's policy that went on breaks. This is following off of uh, Commissioner Aramian's comments. I assume that while on breaks or when off duty, similar to other um, public safety service providers, block by block security ambassadors would need to like take off their uh, uniform or something like that so that there's not questions in the future about similar situations if they're if they're on break or not. Is that the case? Is that policy? Yes. Uh, so when ambassadors are on break, they are there is a policy that they are to remove or um, adjust their uniform so that we do signal that that we're on break. Um, but regardless of the situation, if someone is um, still in uniform and it's identifiable, they're still bound by company policy. Okay. Whether on break or not. Great, thank you. Mm -hmm. I figured that would be the case, but I thought it would clarify. Thank you. Um, commissioners, any additional questions? Commission Secretary, do we have any questions from anyone in chambers or on Zoom? Um, we don't have any um, questions in chambers or in Zoom. Okay, great, thank you. Uh, and once again, welcome, Erica, to the family. Thank you. 
Uh, and David, I'm sure I'll see you out doing some patrolling so you can reacclimate yourself with our <laughs> of course. city. Of I know, I know. Shame, shame on me. I should know better, <laughs> but yeah. Thank you all. Um, our next item, um, do we have any public comments, Commission Secretary? We don't have any public comments. Okay, great. So um, item 10 would be um, comments and items from commissioners. Commissioners, you have the floor. Does anyone? Chair, sorry to interrupt. Um, I believe we're on item eight, items from staff. Oh, Vito, I'm sorry. I neglected you. Um, yes, sorry. Um, do you have some staffing updates for us? Good evening, uh, Chair Hallman and members of the Public Safety Commission. Um, Vito Adamitis, Neighborhood and Business Safety Manager for the City of West Hollywood. I am pleased to be here uh, tonight um, to just provide a, a few updates uh, on this item, items from staff. Uh, first off, um, as previously discussed this evening on August 1st, we had a very successful National Night Out event we saw the participation of a number of different neighborhoods in the city and a total of, I believe, nine events total throughout the city to celebrate National Night Out. And it was my first National Night Out event here at the city and we got to go around and see the various neighborhoods. It was really great to see the participation and the connectivity between um, the residents and the community and all the folks that are working to uh, try to help keep the city safe. And it was great to see uh, the fire engines and the sheriffs and the food. Um, and it was just a great, uh, great event. Uh, I know also the uh, Public Safety Commission had a special joint session with the City Council last month, and I heard that that went very well. Um, city staff, uh, under Director Rivas, um, we held a city business outreach meeting on August 3rd. It was here in the City Council chambers where we also had um, Captain Mulder present uh, some crime trends. We also had neighborhood and business safety staff who shared with the business uh, folks who were in attendance our outreach efforts on outdoor speakers and noise issues, the acceptance of cash, plast uh, the um, issues related to single-use plastics, and also our outreach efforts includes uh, outdoor and uh, business signage, getting people to become familiar with those regulations. I thought the meeting went very well. Um, also, we're preparing for Halloween, Halloween carnival event. So preparations are underway and we're working with a number of city departments to ensure a safe event, just like we did earlier this year for the Pride event that was very well um, uh, you know, carried out here in the city. Um, I know that your next Public Safety Commission meeting is on October 9th at 6 p.m. And um, staff has also taken some notes uh, for um, the commission tonight. I know one of the requests from Commissioner um, Aramian was the question regarding the city's app and reporting uh, incidents of scavenging and that that seems to be an ongoing activity that's taking place and how um, can we do um, some follow-up on that to help address that issue in the community. And um, I know from Commissioner Feiberg, you asked about uh, sending a list of our senior uh, facilities to 
block by block for them to conduct some safety training as well um, as part of their outreach. Uh, I believe that was correct. Was that, did I miss? I mean, just to reintroduce themselves and let them know, you know, what they do, why they're there. Like some outreach. Yeah. Okay. And education. We'll throw some education in there too for training. And some uh, refrigerator magnets too. Refrigerator magnets are very important. Yeah. We'll make a note of that. Um, this concludes my updates from staff. I'd be happy to answer any questions you may have at this time, or if there's anything else I can assist you with. Um, Commissioner Blau, did you have a question, or is that from previous? Okay, so then Commissioner Harrison. This may be for Danny, but I'm just going to ask. Uh, so our last meeting, I'm glad you've heard it went well. It was, uh, I think we've been warned about the long meetings, and it was definitely a good, uh, introduction to that. So, but after five hours, I guess I want to know what next steps are. I know a lot of questions following that meeting about the 14 different items that we were discussing regarding safety. So where do we go from there? How are those being addressed? Are the budgets being looked at? And again, I'm happy to save this question or, you know, for Danny, but I'm just curious because I think we left there and it sort of seemed like things were kicked down the road. I don't have any updates for you, Commissioner Harrison, at this point. I know Director Rivas is uh, working on the items that came out of that joint study session with the council. So um, I know that those are things in process. So I don't have an update for you at this time, but I know he will have one uh, very, very soon. Great. And Appreciate probably it. at your next meeting as well in October. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, Commissioner Oranian. Uh, thank you, Chair Holman. Uh, Vito, it's a pleasure to meet you. Thank you for being here today, taking place for Director Rivas, and I appreciate you addressing the illegal scavenging. I will continue reporting that on the West Hollywood app. Um, my other question is, when it's coming to these developments, there are several developments on my block, and a couple of my neighbors have complained, and we've called code enforcement when it's coming to the unhoused, uh, individuals who are camping out there. It's not only camping out there, they are doing illicit drugs there. Uh, my block has several kids. It's a family-orientated block. You know, I could only do so much as a co-captain of the Eastside Neighborhood Watch, making sure my neighborhood is safe, making sure my community members are safe. Um, but there has to be something where we are boarding up these properties where you know, the specific property I'm talking about in Sierra Bonita, I believe is 1034, is a long driveway, and we have to address this issue where we are blocking entrance to that property, to the unhoused, because they are not only doing illicit drugs, selling illicit drugs, what I've seen personally, but it becomes a big safety issue when there are eight, nine, ten-year-old kids who are playing in the community and on the street. So I would love to see that addressed, and I would like to see if the staff could give a report or a suggestion of how we could address that uh, moving forward. Staff will be happy to look into that property. Thank you. Yeah, I know, Ambito, we've had a large number of issues, even on Gardner south of Santa Monica. Um, we had a co-captain that lived there, and he finally just gave up, gave up and moved out of the city because directly across from where he lived, he felt there was some drug issues. It was an ongoing problem. 
you know, at that building, but also at a lot of these developments. Um, even when they're doing the seismic retrofitting, um, they'll bring out a porta potty, but they don't put locks on them, which is an invitation for anyone to use them. So it would be helpful if, you know, all um, business restrooms for developments, you know, do have the proper locks on them. Uh, commissioners, any other questions? Uh, one last question, I'm sorry. Um, Vito, I, I, hopefully you could answer this, but this is in regards to the Holloway Interim Housing Program on La Cienega in Santa Monica. Do we have an ETI, ETA on when that facility will be open? Do we have a guide, you know, standards of who's gonna be accepted? Are we gonna be, is Asensia gonna be approaching our unhoused community? I have so many questions regards to the Holloway Interim Housing. Um, if we approach our unhoused people and they don't want the help, what do we do? Do we let them just stay on our city streets, harassing people, harassing the businesses, you know, jeopardizing business sales in the community? I would love to see what the, the program is gonna look like for, for the Holloway Interim Housing. Is that something that the Public Safety Commission can see what the guidelines are, what the criteria is for that? I'm familiar with uh, the Holloway project. I don't have all those updates that you've asked for, but we're happy to uh, work with our colleagues in, in various departments that are uh, working in this regard and provide an update. Um, also, if I can jump in on that, Commissioner Ramian, um, we are a full new commission. Um, before the appointments of everyone sitting here, Corey Plank and staff did come in and give us an overview of the project. So, um, Commission Secretary, maybe through Director Rivas, um, we can have another presentation, just so this current body is familiar with what's going on at that property. That would be amazing. Commissioners, any other questions for staff? Vito, I apologize. I did not mean to skip over you. I've made so many notes on my agenda that I wrote right over you, but you know I have great love for you, and thank you, um, Commission Secretary, for bringing it to my attention. Um, with that being said, circling back to public comments, uh, do we have any public comments at this time, Commission Secretary? No public comments at this time. Okay, so we are now on, on Commissioner comments. So, commissioners, um, does anyone have anything they would like to comment on this evening? Commissioner Ramian? I'll start. Um, again, thank you for everyone in our community. Thank you for the Sheriff's Department, our Fire Department, block, block, block by block. I appreciate all of you guys and I appreciate the community coming out, voicing their concerns. Um, just a few things in regards to commissioner comments that uh, pertain to me. Um, like Vito said, August 2nd was National Night Out. It was my first National Night Out uh, as a co-captain and as a public safety commissioner. It was such a good time. Um, I had a blast seeing my fellow colleagues coming and coming together and, and making it a fun event. It was amazing, and I truly believe that the east side was the best one. Um, on August 3rd, I attended the WeHo Business Public Safety Meeting, which Vito was present at. 
uh, Captain Mulder was there, uh, Director Rivas was there, several business owners were there. It was a very informative session. Um, we talked about ways to you know, prevent certain instances happening to our businesses. We opened dialogues with the Sheriff's Department and it's an ongoing process and I look forward to the next meeting. Um, and last but not least, my favorite part, last Wednesday was the first day of West Hollywood's Community Academy. It was nothing like the movie Police Academy, but it was even better. Learning the ins and outs of the Sheriff's Department, learning how they operate, their policies, their procedures. I'm looking forward to the remaining seven weeks that we have. I'm looking forward to going downtown to Men's Central Jail. I'm looking forward to the patrols. And it just gives us a better understanding of how our Sheriff's Department works in our wonderful city here in West Hollywood. They truly are here to protect and to serve. And I look forward to learning more about their department. Thank you. Um, thank you, Commissioner Ramian. Uh, commissioners, anyone else have comments at this time? Uh, Commissioner Nickel. Thank you very much. Um, I, too, attended the Community Police Academy. Uh, thanks to Sergeant Duran and um, to Deputy Chung. It was really informative, and I'm looking forward to the rest of it. Um, I had an opportunity to talk to Dimitri Kermani. Um, he is a volunteer with our West Hollywood Police uh, Department. And uh, actually earlier, uh, Sergeant Duran during his report mentioned that there were 361 hours that volunteers gave to our department. Um, while I was talking to him, I learned that they do a whole lot of stuff that I think most people don't even realize that they can do, that there is the opportunity to volunteer to do, and I think it would be really great if our, my fellow commissioners thought it would be a good idea for um, Mr. Kermani, maybe some other volunteers to come and report to our next meeting, to tell us what they do, and to answer some questions to see what the city could do to support them. Um, Commission Secretary, I don't know if you know the answer to this. I don't think that's necessarily something that needs to be agendized as more of a presentation that needs to be scheduled. Is that correct? You know, I think we should check in with Danny, Director Danny Rivas, to see if that's something that we can bring on to our next commissioner, a following commission meeting. Okay, yeah. great. Does that help Commissioner Nichols? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it would, I mean, just to get an idea, does everyone think that that will be a good idea if we were able to learn a little bit more about what they do? Sure. Okay, great. Okay. Um, and then I also wanted to say that I did attend the community engagement event that was held by the Center for Policing Equity, which was after our study session last time. So um, during the study session, I certainly made my concerns about their methodology clear, uh, but I have continued to engage with uh, Ms. Edmondson. I had a Zoom call with her on Friday. Uh, they will be coming back to the city. They will be scheduling more of these events, and it is imperative that as many, many residents of the city as possible get together and speak with them. Um, so uh, staff, if whatever we can do, I mean, to reach out to all the neighborhood watch groups and to just make certain that, um, that 
that's coordinated, I think would be really, really helpful. Okay, thank yeah. you. Anything else? Uh, yeah, I also just wanted to say that. Um, and I'm not to interrupt you, but could you just lean into your. Sorry. <laughs> I need to lean in. Um, so uh, I will also say that at the last um, city council meeting, I believe that it was on the 21st of last month, that there was just um, a passing statement about our study session that in future it might be a good idea that if only the chair and the vice chair of the Public Safety Commission, if it involves a Public Safety Commission, represent all of us. So it was just mentioned there's not another study session that has been scheduled, but I just wanted to voice my objection to that idea. I think that it is important for all of us to have a voice um, if there is another one, not just the chair and vice chair. Um, and oh, I also wanted to encourage everyone to visit the city's website to give feedback for the city's local hazard mitigation plan. It's now, I think it's open now through the 25th of this month. That's all, thank you. Uh, commissioners, anyone else? We were thinking, um, I, I think it's, it would be a disservice not to acknowledge today's date. Uh, it's 9-11, especially considering how closely we all work with public safety, uh, first responders. Uh, just want to acknowledge that. That becomes uh, something that every year seems further and further away, and certainly with a lot of young people that weren't alive then, um, but for those of us maybe who lived in New York and others who do what you all do every day, I uh, just wanted to acknowledge that date. Yeah, thank you for that. It is important that we do not forget I was in New York on 9-11, and uh, I'm gonna leave it there, but I was there on 9-11. Uh, commissioners. Any other comments? Um, I just want to have a few. I know we had our joint study session with council, with CPE, and there were the 10 um, public safety items that um, were reviewed that I know council is addressing. It was kind of brought to my attention. I think it's just something I wanted to make everyone aware of, um, that even with council, sometimes they don't get an item until it's placed on the agenda. So I know as much as we would all like to have a lengthy time to be able to go over things and deliberate them, um, that may not always work to our favor. So I think we just have to do the best job that we do and address things as they come to us so we can present them um, to council. Um, and I also, with Commissioner Nichols, attended the community CPE um, dialogue. Um, there were some tense moments, but at the end of the day, um, I think it was great, and anything we can do to help CPE, uh, Commission Secretary, I know they have been trying to reach out to watch groups to set up you know, individual meetings with them. Um, that would be great, and Anyone else, any additional comments? Commissioner Blau. Uh, thank you. you. Uh, thank you, Chair. So I actually guess I do have a point of clarification or questioning then. Um, maybe you can help me out with the best format for me to do this in the future. So this is actually about the, the joint study item um, and specifically about the uh, significant number of 
public safety equipment items on there and the numerous questions that I had as a result of the far-ranging items. I actually provided a whole list of the, oh, probably about 90% of those questions to staff in advance, actually on the Friday before, so the full weekend before then. I didn't get any response to any of the questions. Um, and I'm just trying to figure out if we're trying to limit how much time we can speak to any of these items, if we're going to be limited in which commissioners can speak in items like this in the future, what is our actual most efficacious avenue to ask these questions and ensure that they get answered? Because me submitting my questions ahead of time um, didn't result in a response, and so I had to ask them live. Um, well, that's unfortunate. Um, Commission Secretary, maybe if we can make a note for Director Rivas to follow up on Commissioner Blau's um, questions before the meeting. Um, you know, I just, you know, want to reiterate, um, you know, we all did agree, because I asked a question, if we could limit questions to our agencies to four minutes, there typically are seven of us. Um, with that being said, obviously, if it's something that's incredibly important and urgent, um, as chair, I will extend time. I'm not trying to censor anyone's time. Um, the only thing I'll just mention, you know, with that uh, joint meeting, and that was the first one, and Commissioner Nichols, we actually did have another meeting where uh, two people from public safety did represent the commission. Um, and it was, I believe, the vice chair as chair, I did not go, and someone else um, represented another commissioner, but I was there in support. So we do, I think, have some flexibility. I think for the last meeting, it was important that we were all there. You know, those are two very important issues. Um, I just want everyone to be mindful, and yes, please ask questions. You know, that's what we need to do. I just think, you know, we have to be mindful that if it's a joint meeting, and that was our designated meeting time, um, council is still in charge of the meeting. So I just think we need to be mindful of time and questions. But yeah, I think it's unfortunate if you did not get that response from your questions prior. Yeah, thank you. And I think as well, maybe a, a note to move forward on this, uh, and for the sake of continual improvement, is um, we shouldn't have two items so large like that paired together. And especially, I think, um, the two items I'm referring to are the, the report back from the Center of Policing Equity paired with the staff report containing, I think, 12 uh, public safety equipment summaries, basically. Um, we should definitely pair those separately, and especially that second point, because um, from my understanding of the process, uh, those public, the in terms of the process and how those public safety equipment items are going to be further developed because they were basically one-liner summaries. Um, they were not fully half, they weren't even half-baked as uh, some of the council members say. Um, we probably won't see them here again unless there's specific direction from council to send them back here. And so I would say that in the future, we should really 
pair those things separate from a meeting like this where it's important that you know city council were not wasting their time but at the same time it was our one and only chance to ask questions and offer advice and critiques and and point out places where there might be concerns with privacy pitfalls research that you know we could compile within <laughs> three days um, ahead of time of those items um, that's that's I think a, a an ask of staff moving forward and just a reminder as well to help us do our best job as well. And I agree with you on several of those points. Um, when I first started on the commission, uh, there were meetings where we would have up to two presentations and the meetings would go long and it's just hard to focus on two very different items that are important to us. And I remember the last time when CPE was here, they were toward the end of the meeting, and he said, oh, I'll just start on slide 19. And I was thinking, my God, how many slides are part of this presentation? So I have had have had sidebars with Director Rivas, where if someone is coming in to present to us, that time should be limited as well uh, to make the relevant and important points. So then we can get into questions and answers and debates. But yeah, meetings can get a little top-heavy. I agree with you when there's just too much. And there were only two items on the agenda, yeah. but there were two very important items. Yeah. So just to close out my, my statement, and it'll be an ask to staff again, is that um, as the public safety equipment items get more fully developed, I would, I would like to be able to see them beforehand to help offer critiques to make sure that we're, we're putting together the best Thing so that I can, you know, I, I have a particular technology background that I can help provide insight into, okay, have we thought about this from a policy perspective? Have we thought about this, this portion of um, how we're going to install equipment, utilize it? These are places that I got involved on the commission so that I could utilize that expertise specifically here. Um, and so I would love to be able to see those items again, um, even if it was informally in some manner before they go before council if they do just to help offer um, advice and critiques on that but I don't know if that's possible or not but well that's kind of a gray area and I think we need to speak with director Rivas because I think it's now in council's hands unless they kick something back to us so um, I think we can ask the question of director Rivas when he returns if we have the flexibility to agendize something or if it's just going to move forward um, unless council kicks something back to us. Okay, yeah, thank you, that's, that's the end of my comment. But I completely understand um, your reasoning. Uh, commissioners, any other comments before we adjourn? Um. Yeah, I just want to point out to everyone again that what I what I shared previously is that while it's not part of uh, the Public Safety Commission scope specifically, um, it's actually under Human Services. We do have the WeHo Cares uh, coming online, which is our behavioral health crisis response team coming online this fall, um, which will have its own quick dial code, dial 988, which is a similar um, speed dial to like dialing 911, um, which is complimentary support to um, our residents, our visitors, um, people who work, play, and visit in West Hollywood, in addition to our frontline responders, um, to offer more specialized care to patients um, experiencing mental health uh, crises or behavioral health um,
crises um, and connecting them to ongoing care specifically as well, which uh, is a huge asset. So I want to make sure that the, the community is aware of that resource, which is coming online soon. Great. Thank you, Commissioner Blau. And Vito, once again, thank you for stepping in. You did a great job. We might want to keep you around. Thank you. <laughs> um, and with that being said, we are adjourned until our next meeting, which is on Monday, October 9th at 6 